Hey everyone, it's just this chick's just saying back for another podcast. Now I know the last few I have done history on my background and just my life experiences and so far they may seem pretty minor. I don't know how they compare to your life stories. I know everybody has their story but one of the things I did learn throughout my childhood is Um, Like I said, my mom actually was a recovering alcoholic and that was a very, very good thing in my life that I was exposed to alateen is what I went to. And there's different categories and it's called uh, Al-Anon is for spouses or older like loved ones. Um, That basically someone who loves an alcoholic or an addict of drugs or some other form and how to manage loving them and seeing someone you love be self-destructive and create chaos in your life and how to do that because these people that are addicted um, are still amazing, amazing people and it's just like the devil on their shoulder kind of thing and addiction is a a beast of its own but in saying that even though you love someone you can't take on their addiction for them which is extremely common and a huge thing as to how basically Al-Anon and Alateen, all that kind of came to be. It's the support system for the actual addict. Spouses, children, um, sisters, mothers, basically everyone who's not the actual addict. Um, and the AA program or NA, AA is Alcoholics Anonymous and NA is Narcotics Anonymous. Those are the different groups and that basically are both just addicted to something so basically alcoholics it's to have a sense of community with other people that were addicted to alcohol and narcotics narcotics sorry anonymous is a community where they can be around other people that are addicted to narcotics so whether whatever kind of drug doesn't mean that you can't go to an and it really doesn't matter every you know everybody handles addiction or or recovers from it by going through the program in a similar way so or and which is nice cuz then you can realize that you're not the only one who did that but in my experience um i was my mom was the addict and i was not And one thing that she did, like I said, is I went to Alateen because I was just a young kid. And that I highly, highly, highly recommend if you have someone who's an addict in your life or you have people or you um, have children or you know of children that you get them involved with an Alateen. It really, really does Um, help the cycle to not be repeated. Um, I give that huge, huge, huge kudos to me um, for allowing me the perspective to not repeat the cycle. Now, I also, too, my mom used to always drill into me, which 
is true. Um, well, not true. She said I would always either, basically when you grow up with an alcoholic, um, you basically are attracted to people with same situation. So she always told me that I was either going to be an alcoholic or marry an alcoholic because really 90% of people repeat that process. And I, as I mentioned in other podcasts, um, I knew what I didn't want. Um, That was my biggest thing in my childhood is I wasn't going to have kids if I couldn't provide for them, if I couldn't buy a coat for them, if I couldn't. And I also, one thing I really strongly disliked was the responsibility of raising my younger siblings. And that was another thing that I kind of swore to myself that my kids would never raise my other kids. Like to me, they they didn't choose to have the children. I chose to have the children as an adult. I made that decision. So until I am ready to care for these children and do all that, I should I should not be having any children. So that was just something that was my own personal thing. And I'm I'm not saying that um, other kids can't like siblings can't help. They absolutely they can watch them here that here and there, like for an hour or something, or you know, be a team player as a family. You can definitely help out with the siblings and with the things it's just it shouldn't be any other child's responsibility on a continual basis to basically parent the other children in if it's possible and um so just because that's I really hated that growing up like it really limited my childhood And I don't think that that was fair because I got shortchanged on my childhood. I had to grow up and I had to raise my younger younger siblings. I had to make sure they had their homework done. I had to make sure they had dinner. I had to make sure laundry was done. I had to make sure, you know, all this stuff. And And I get it and I did it because my mom was doing her, you know, trying to stay sober and going to meetings. And eventually she ended up working and... It was a lot and but just in a perfect world when it comes time to me procreating with my body I just was like I'm not going to do that to my children. I want my children to grow up um, ignorant to the basically ignorant meaning unaware to the responsibility of having to raise other siblings and having to Actually, I just wanted them to enjoy their childhood. That was my biggest thing. Enjoy being a kid. Enjoy, not that you don't have any responsibilities and you don't appreciate what you have or anything like that. I didn't want them to grow up and be ungrateful little assholes. But I just wanted them to enjoy being a kid because I didn't get that. And that's just something I really wished I would have been able to do. So anyways, back to the Alateen, Al-Anon, all that fun stuff. So if you do happen to have somebody who is an addict in your life, the best thing you can do is not enable them. So I can give you kind of the quick and dirty um, of which quick and dirty is my slang term for basically summarizing, uh, depending how old you are. 
I, you may not understand that. So, um, but basically the rule of thumb is, is that the addiction is their issue and you can't want something for somebody else more than they want it. Now, listen to that again. You can't want something for someone you love more than they want it. And that is such, such a hard thing to understand. And I have been guilty, even with my childhood and everything, I've been guilty on being sucked in many times, trying to help people that I love. And I eventually kind of go, wait a minute, whoa, slow the roll here. I can't be more invested in this than they are, no matter what it is, even if it's not addiction. Like um, a lot of times I find a similarity with people with money, with people with drive, with people with just being responsible for their own actions. I have been very, very guilty of trying to help people realize their potential and what they could get out of life, but they actually don't want it. They just want to complain. And the way you can tell the difference between somebody who actually wants change and somebody who just wants to be a complainer and a victim and basically what they're trying to do is manipulate you to make the changes for them like if it's money wise then it's um, just give me some cash and I'll be good so if you find that a person is constantly in that situation they they don't want to get better they just want you to give them a quick bailout and so I'll go into that separately in maybe another podcast or maybe later in this one, I'm not sure. But back to the addiction part, um, there are 12 steps of AA. And um, basically, so when you love an addict, you have to let them hit their rock bottom. And what a lot of us are very, very guilty of is called enabling. And what enabling is, is because you're a kind person and you love them and they, these addicts have many, many, many wonderful qualities and you're like, man, if only you could get rid of this addiction, oh, your life would be so much better. Our lives would be so much better. Everything would be so much better. But it's their, it's their weakness. It's their devil on their shoulder basically it's and unless they have their light bulb moment you have to and even though they say which is extremely common I'm never going to drink again I promise I promise I promise please forgive me please forgive me I won't ever do it same with like I guess abusive people too I'll never do it again and but they always do they have to want it they have to want it more than oxygen. Basically, they have to want their sobriety. They have to want to change more than breathing itself. And that may sound extreme. And even though we may want it for them, 
more than oxygen. You can't want it for them. And the best thing that you can do for them is not enable them. Now, also, too, there is a difference between helping and enabling. But when you are dealing with addiction, there is really helping and enabling are very, very fine line. And you will see because you will see if that person is trying to make their life better and not and and alcoholics are very sneaky and they are well addicts sorry not just alcoholics addicts are very very sneaky they will put on a show for you they will say everything you want to hear they will do all this stuff because the addiction is more then it's like their devil inside. It it takes over their brain. It says, oh, let's do this. We'll, we'll say this. We'll do this. And it's a huge, huge, huge issue for them. It's a huge demon inside them. And so if you've ever tried, like I, I always think to myself, I have no idea how people could like, Addicts, it's got to be so, so, so difficult. And same, like, even, like, smokers, which I know is, like, crazy to even compare it to smoking or something like that. But these people that give up addictions and, frick, I can't even give up sugar, you know? I think, holy shit, I don't know how they do it. I I have a hard time giving up sweets. I, I can't even imagine how difficult it is. But... The end result is, is that's their addiction and they have to want it. And that is the biggest, biggest, biggest key for anything to do with AA or NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous, any of those addiction, well, basically that's the main addiction group. You can't want it more than they do. And you have to be willing to let them fail And not get, and try not to get emotionally involved. Because it does destroy you. It does destroy your spirit. It destroys your relationship with your children. It destroys, because you become so consumed with your love for them. That you miss out on so much as well. So, and that's where the whole Al-Anon and Al-Ateen part comes in, is that you have to realize that that is their demon and they have to want it. And you can be supportive and, but just don't enable it. So basically, obviously never encourage them to partake in their addiction. And also too, actually very interesting, which um, you may not know, like an addict It can be somebody that drinks or does drugs or whatever. Um, I will reference just the alcohol part because that's where I'm familiar, but you can sub out whatever addiction you want. But with, like, say, alcohol, for example, um, an addict is somebody that could, say, drink once every 10 years. Now, I know you might say, what the fuck, lady? Are you nuts? There is no way that an alcoholic can be someone who drinks every 10 years. 
what defines an alcoholic is someone who can't stop at just one. So you may go out for an evening and you may have a drink or two. And I'm not talking if you go out, like say you go camping or you have a family get together or whatever, and you have a few too many and you're a little wobbly by the end of the evening, but you're just kind of a a goofier version of yourself or, you know, that's that's just someone going out having a couple drinks and being a little bit silly. Um, or someone, hopefully, who doesn't get too violent, but even though they're a mean drunk, doesn't mean necessarily either that they're an alcoholic per se. What it is, is when an alcoholic is defined as someone who cannot stop. That basically they have to drink and drink and drink and drink until they basically black out because they are getting such a high, such like alcohol affects them so much differently than it affects an average person. And it's like gasoline to a fire. I don't know. It just they have such a, a different chemical reaction to whatever their drug of choice is, whether it be alcohol or whatever, they they just can't stop. And that is um, an alcoholic. So whether an alcoholic drinks once every 10 years, whether an alcoholic drinks once a day, five times a day, whatever it is, an alcoholic is someone who basically cannot function and needs that alcohol. Now they will say, which is extremely common. Well, it's like a hundred and well, ninety-eight percent common, anyways. They will say that, oh, I can quit any time. I just don't want to. I like the way I feel with the alcohol, and I like this, and I like that. Well, a true person who's not an addict, they, they, well, they lie to themselves. They want to think that they're in control, and they're not. So there is a thing, too, called the functioning alcoholic, which some people are basically, they're, they're alcoholics that drink all the time, and they may be very successful, and they may be very good at their job, but they will end up deteriorating because the alcohol does take over. And they become drinking more and more and more and more to the point that they are not functional anymore. Like it doesn't mean that an alcoholic is not someone who is just like some bum in an alley and a homeless person or whatever. That is um, an extreme situation. And usually anyone who ends up homeless or or something like that are usually have more extenuating circumstances than just an alcohol addiction. There's usually um, some mental health issues. There's usually some home issues. There's, there's many, many reasons. A lot of it is mental health issues, but a lot of people will mask their mental health issues with alcohol or with drugs, which is sad because if you can find something to help with your mental health issues, a lot of times you don't need to resort to drugs and alcohol to try to help 
you manage those mental health issues. And lots of people have mental health issues. Oh my gosh. It is so, so, so common that um, I think it's really sad when people put shame on mental health because it is extremely common and putting the embarrassment part of it is what makes people a lot of times turn to drugs and alcohol because they don't want to be one of those people and then they just become like a closet drinker or whatever and stress. Stress is a lot of people are drawn to alcohol with stress and well actually many 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 reasons. So anyway so know the definition that basically an alcoholic is someone who can't stop who has to have the alcohol. So, um, and basically to the point that they black out, um, and then they wake up and they could like not drink for two months. Um, and then when they go to have another drink, maybe at a work party or something that it's, they can't stop until they black out again. And that is, an alcoholic. Well, that's an, that's an addict. Um, and it's, it's hard because some people do end up becoming daily drinkers and some people become very abusive. And if that is in your life, I highly recommend you getting out of that situation. And I do not say that lightly because I know it is a lot more difficult than it may seem but again this is why if you start earlier and younger you have more options the younger you are because you don't have kids yet maybe or because you don't have certain things in your life that will make your options less um yeah so but if you do have the option to even go to Al-Anon, go to um, Alateen, something like that. Um, Or if you yourself are an addict, heck, maybe you're like, oh my God, maybe I'm an addict. Because I was super, super paranoid that I was going to marry an alcoholic or I was going to be one. So I was extremely nervous to drink as a child. Well, as a child, as a teenager, because everybody where I grew up was drinking and smoking. And I just went, "Mm, no, thanks. I'm good because I don't know what I'm going to turn out to be. And I didn't want to risk the fact that I might be an alcoholic. And then once you have that taste of the alcohol, you're hooked, you know, and even too, um, a lot of times I just knew from going to these different meetings that a lot of people will lace even something as simple as a cigarette they'll put some cocaine or something in there that makes you addicted to that and you think you're just having a a cigarette so it's like oh it's no big deal it's just a cigarette blah 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 and oh don't you trust me well you don't want to say to someone that no I don't trust you I think you're trying to trick me so if you just say you know what meh I just, I have addiction in my family and I just, I don't want to go there. (laughs) I don't want to risk the fact that I may get addicted on this one time. And there's many other things that you can do, you know, so why bother, you know, have a lot of pop. Actually, that was one thing when we used to go to lots of roundups and we, which is basically 
a party. We There would be dances, and I sure hope that they do it now, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but if uh, we used to have like dances and get-togethers and all this stuff, we're basically, which was really cool, is everyone there well, had addiction issues. So there was never any alcohol and we'd still dance and laugh and have parties and be silly and have so much fun. And I remember that on those kind of events, we would have so much pop. I don't know how we even had teeth left, but there definitely was a large supply of pop and everybody drank a lot, a lot of pop. And it was so fun. It was so fun. And you didn't feel like shit the next day. But you could still be silly and goofy. Like, I I am a big believer in just, I call it dumb fun. Like, just being, letting your inner child out to play. You know, me and my sister actually used to just have dumb fun when, well, well, she ended up living with me actually later on, um, in a house that, uh, me and my boyfriend at the time, then to be afterwards my husband, but we lived in and, oh my God, we would have so much fun. I remember this one time and it was just the stupidest thing is we would like people watch. And then I remember one time we were like, I don't know, just we had these Reader's Digests that we were looking at and she was looking at her Reader's Digest and I was like, do you got a like puppy with a whatever and we'd look for something in the book and I I swear people must have thought we were on drugs, but we weren't. It was just silly, immature, dumb fun and oh my God, we laughed so hard. My cheeks would hurt so bad. So that's what I encourage you to do. Just have dumb fun in the world because there is a lot of serious shit out there and life is hard. And if you don't find fun in the little things and even laughing at yourself is good. I know there's lots of times where just something stupid that I did that I makes me laugh or, you know, just try and find positive things in everyday life. This is why I want to do this podcast so that hopefully there's something that you can learn from things that I have learned through my life struggles and you won't have to repeat the same lessons or at least hopefully not as many times and you will know how you can love and where your love has its limits. Like you can't want something for someone that they don't want themselves. And it's really hard. And sometimes you just have to let people endure their pain until they clue in. It's kind of like a, almost a toddler stage. Sometimes you got to let them fall or you got to let them know or, you know, say, Hey, this is not safe for you. You're going to hurt yourself. And it's really, really hard, and I totally acknowledge that. But I really hope for you that you can learn to set up these boundaries and know what you can do and what you can't do and have an amazing life and a happy one, which will only trickle into everybody else that you love and cherish. And it's good for your health. It's good for so many things. And unfortunately, 
even though I did know all this, I still let myself get run down. And we'll go into that in later podcasts, life lessons I've learned on that, just trying to be helpful. And I was enabling again. So, but I had my light bulb moment, I was able to set up the boundaries. But yeah, so lots of love. And I hope to see you again in another podcast. Have a great day.